Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. Do you remember why we read the Bible? Do you understand why we try to put so much time each day and read through the Bible and do this podcast to help people get more out of the Bible? Well, there are many reasons because uh, the benefits of God's word, the treasure that it is, we could go on for that on that topic for a while. But one I want to highlight today that's a good thing for us to remember is the Bible shows us who God is. And it's important that we don't lose sight of that. Uh, especially as we go as we get into some of these prophetic books in the Old Testament, it's easy to uh, get lost maybe in the history or the prophecy or trying to figure out the meaning when, when sometimes we miss what it is trying to tell us about God and really not trying to tell us what it is telling us if we will open up our eyes to see it uh, for what it is. And so today we're reading Micah 5 through 7, and I want us to look at what it shows us about the character of God. And also, what then our response should be. We finished the book of Micah today by looking at chapters 5 through 7. And just as we look at these chapters, as we think about what does it tell us about God that we can look at and say, look, this is our God. I think we can sum it up well today to see that this God we serve, he is mighty and merciful. And we see these things so powerfully in our passage today. It even you, you see both of them summed up very at the very beginning of our reading in a passage you will be familiar with at the beginning of Micah 5, where it says, Now muster your troops, O daughter of troops. Siege is laid upon us. With a rod, they strike the judge of Israel on the cheek. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come Come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth, and the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. So there it speaks of this coming king, and you know who the coming king is. It is Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, who will be born in Bethlehem. And even when the, the wise men come from the east, that the scribes know, hey, the, the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem because of this verse. And there we see both the might and the mercy of God, because this king is presented as mighty. Uh, he will be great to the ends of the earth, and he is to be a ruler. Yet the very coming of this king is an act of mercy because that king will be our savior. And for those of us who have put our faith in Christ, he is our savior. But also we see more of the might of the Lord in these chapters expressed 
in judgment. As God uh, says that judgment will come uh, even towards the people of Israel, uh, or and even thinking of Jerusalem there, and it says in verse 16 of chapter 6, for you have kept the statutes of Omri and all the works of the house of Ahab. You, you should be familiar with those kings of the northern kingdom by now and saying, no, you've walked in their ways. Uh, there is going to be punishment for that. And even earlier in chapter six, he says, Oh, my people, what have I done to you? How have I wearied you? Answer me for I brought you up out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Uh, And then, Oh, my people, remember what Balak king of Moab devised and what Balaam, the son of Peor answered him and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, for you know, the righteous acts of the Lord. He's reminding them that he brought them up and he's reminding Reminding them of some of the ways they sinned along the way and reminding them of the righteous acts of the Lord. God is mighty and he will show that might in righteous judgment. But also our God is merciful. We see that even in this coming king who is our savior. But look at the very last three verses of the book of Micah in chapter seven. It says, who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. So there it speaks of God's forgiveness, pardoning iniquity, passing over transgression and his compassion and even that beautiful image that he will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. God has dealt with our sins, those that belong to him, those that have put their faith in Christ, and he has thrown them into the depths of the sea. What a powerful picture. They're gone. They're never coming back. Our sin has been canceled. We think of the New Testament language. It has been paid in full. Jesus has now accomplished it. This coming king that was born in Bethlehem, because of him, we can have our sins thrown into the depths of the sea. So don't miss God in our reading today this mighty God, this merciful God. And don't forget what our response should be. And he makes it clear in chapter six, the response is not just religious ritual and sacrifices. As it sums it up in verse eight, he has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. That these are the, the, the things that God is looking for. And really, I think we could say that those things characterize true repentance. Uh, there's a turning from sin to seek the Lord. And then there's this pursuit of justice, kindness, and humility. Or I love how it puts it in chapter seven, verse seven. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. As we respond to this mighty and merciful God, our response should be obedience and faithfulness that all come in the wake of repentance, turning from our sin that's headed towards judgment to put our faith in this Savior. And then we will see the fruit of obedience and, and a faithfulness, uh, really just this trust in God. I'm waiting for the God of my salvation. I'm going to trust in this mighty, merciful God. He's going to hear me, and I'm going to keep looking to him even when the world around me does not.
So let's not miss God and let's not miss what our response to God should be from our reading in Micah 5 through 7 today. Now we read a very important chapter in the book of Acts today, Acts 28. And this will be kind of a, a marker in our reading here, because this is the last chapter that really contains uh, more narrative New Testament history. We've read through the Gospels, and now we have finished the book of Acts. So we still have some more letters to read, uh, but these were written after, uh, we believe, the, the time of Acts. So this is the last chapter of history. It ends with Paul in jail in Rome. Uh, But we still have more New Testament to read, uh, but we don't have the narrative of the history that comes along with that in the past. We we have Revelation, which will point us towards the future and I think tell us of future history. But this is the last chapter of New Testament history that we will get in our reading. But we still have a lot more reading left as it is uh, still September. So we still have three plus full months of Bible to read as we finish reading the New Testament. But notice many of those letters were rightly, were uh, were probably written after the end here of the book of Acts. And what we see in this last chapter is Paul uh, on Malta, and there's the memorable story of him getting bit by the viper and how people think, oh man, this he must be a murderer because he got away from the sea, but justice is not letting him escape. Uh, and now the snake is, is getting him. Uh, but then when he is not affected by the snake bite, they think that he is a god. And we see him Though heal uh, the father of Publius, this leader, the chief man of the island, and they are there for three months. And then Paul continues his journey and he finally arrives at Rome. And what does he do in Rome? He preaches the gospel and he invites the, it seems that the Jews come to see him. They come gather and he calls them together, invites them together. And he reasons with them from the scriptures. It says that he, from morning till evening here in verse 23, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus from both the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. So he he is trying to open up his Hebrew Old Testament and look at, hey, here's the law of Moses. Here's the prophets. Look how they point towards these things that were fulfilled in Jesus. And some are convinced, but some disbelieve. And it seems that he just continues to do this two whole years. He is there and he welcomes people and he proclaims the kingdom of God and continues to teach about Jesus Christ, even though he is in what seems to be some kind of house arrest situation. And that is something we recently talked about because we'll be getting here shortly to reading the book of Philippians. We're preaching through it right now at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, and this is where we believe that was written from in this time. And we see how Paul, even though he is in some sort of prison, even if it's a house arrest situation, he is taking advantage of his opportunities to share the gospel. And let that be a reminder to us, hey, let's seek opportunities. Let's make the most of those opportunities to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ today, because we know who our God is is. We know how we are supposed to respond to him. Let's proclaim him. Let's proclaim what he's done. Let's point people towards the scriptures and seek to reason with them to show them that Jesus is the Christ and to point them to the kingdom of heaven that the Bible describes. So, so much to see, so much to learn from our reading today. I hope that we keep our eyes fixed on the Lord and that we understand God better 
now that we have read Micah 5 through 7 and Acts 28 uh, than we did before we started. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.